Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Women in Music. I'm your host, Millie Cotton. Happy 2021. I hope that everyone managed to have a vaguely enjoyable Christmas and New Year, regardless of the circumstances that we found ourselves in. I know that ours was definitely not what we had planned, but um, yeah, we managed to have a, a really lovely one nevertheless, so I hope you did too. We're back with two more episodes before the end of this season, and joining me this week is Tisha. Tisha is a London-based producer who is quickly emerging as one of the most exciting young artists around. Tisha is tipped as one to watch by NME, Mixbag, Billboard, DJ Mag and BBC Radio 1's Annie Mac and Pete Tong. She wrote her track Sister during lockdown after she found out that she had an older half-sister and since she's been chosen as a Radio 1 future artist and has featured on notable playlists on both Apple and Spotify, she also appeared on a billboard in Times Square for the latter. We had a really, really good chat about creating music in lockdown and what it's like being one of not very many producers who are women and why that might be and lots more. As always, thank you so much for listening and I hope that you enjoy this episode. How is your day? How is the painting going? Um, good. I didn't paint today. Yesterday I was painting. I left my boyfriend painting today. So, but it was, it was, it's going good, but it's just a bit tiring and quite a long day trying to rush and get it done. What are you changing? Are you changing like your whole house or? Um, well, I bought a house, so, um, been like kind of, the whole thing was a refurbishment. Um, we had like an extension done and like walls taken out and stuff. So it was quite a long process. So we still don't live in it. And, um, we were just doing some like painting before our bathroom goes in. Um, and then started like downstairs as well, but it's still quite far off being done at the moment. (laughs) Sounds exciting though. Did you buy it in lockdown? No, I bought it in, um... November last year um but then it didn't get work started till March and then Covid happened like uh like a couple of weeks after it actually the work started so that slowed things down a lot um but yeah now things are kind of moving forward so I I see a light at the end of the tunnel but before I thought oh god this is never going to get done (laughs) what have I done why did I take on such a big project like it's um I'll probably never I'll never buy like something that needs that much work ever again (laughs) you live and you learn right yeah (laughs) how has your lockdown been generally um um up and down really to be honest like I think it's like that for a lot of people um uh, initially it was okay because it's been it was like a break from things and I was able to write then it started to get a bit down because obviously things got cancelled and the year kind of got ruined and then I wasn't really sure um, what what was going to happen. And then, then I was okay again and then I've been down again. So it's kind of, you know, but I'm ticking along and, um, you know, I've got my health. So that's the most important thing. <laughs> How about you? 
Yeah, it's been, I mean, exactly the same, to be honest, with like, because I was supposed to be playing like my first festivals this year and stuff, and they obviously no. got cancelled, and yeah, it's fine. But <laughs> it, that's it's really same. rubbish. Oh, it's, man. Um, yeah, it's the same. It's a sort of like, I think everyone's in the same position, right, where they've had so much stuff cancelled, and we're having to work out like, what we're doing, and I, yeah, but it's, we have our health. Yeah, we have a health and like I've been all right um, financially compared to most people. So I'm good in that part. To be honest, it's more like the social aspect that's kind of impacted me and just like nothing to look forward to really. Um, yeah, that's so, so true, isn't it? It's like it's nice to have like a holiday booked or like something to walk to work towards when you've got, when you're working quite hard or whatever. But mm. yeah, we don't, don't seem to have that at the moment. But I mean, hopefully <laughs> it'll all like sort itself out quite soon did you manage to write a lot during during lockdown um initially the first lockdown I wrote um the EP that's coming out in uh November no yeah it comes out in November um so I did get like you know a good bit of writing in the initial lockdown and then after that period I kind of took a break and now I've started on the album but um now it's been kind of a bit difficult because there's not really been much mo- as much motivation as before for some reason like I lack a little bit of like get up and go I guess maybe a bit depressed I guess um which has made it quite difficult um and I know like my other friends like I've got a few other friends that are having kind of difficulty writing things right now just because yeah like you're not having as many experiences and there's not as much to take inspiration off and we're all kind of a bit flat um but I mean saying that I have started some good stuff that I'm really into but it's just like it's not as been as easy well not that it's really easy anyway but it's not been as easy as it normally is if it makes sense did you you wrote changes in sister in lockdown right yeah yeah Yeah. and sister was based on meeting your sister that's such like a unique and vulnerable experience I imagine what was it like like putting that out and sharing it um to be honest with you like I didn't um well for me it was a it was a bit of a weird a bit of a weird thing I'm not really I don't really like being very open about personal things I'm quite private in that way and um and I can be quite shy so um initially I was a bit like weirded out about telling people what the song was about um I didn't really want to and then I thought, oh, yeah, I will. But then people got super, like, mushy about it and that kind of weirded me out <laughs> <Sorry>. even more. <laughs> it's, not, it's not your fault. It's not your... And, um, yeah, it's not your fault because most people are like, oh, it's really nice and they want to talk about it. But, like, it really weirds me out. Like, <laughs> I have spoke about it a few times, but it's just, like, it's just such a weird situation. And, and it was kind of everyone at the label was like, oh, it's a really good story you should share with people. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. But then I thought people were just, like, take it and that as it is but then people just want to know more don't they They want to ask more questions people are nosy including me it's the whole reason I do the podcast (laughs) it's not a bit it's not a problem you know I'm just shy that's what it is and I'm not very good um I'm, I'm not someone that talks um to many people about personal things really yeah and that's like totally fair enough it's a it's a really personal thing to have to talk about so I I'm guessing you don't write a lot of your music from personal experiences then or like you do, but maybe they're not quite such like a an easy not an easy story to tell. I'm not wording this very well. Sorry, like a 
direct a, a sellable story maybe because um, I guess that's kind of why maybe your label like the story because it is a really interesting story yeah it, yeah I, I everyone wants um I guess everyone wants a story for some reason for a release uh, they want like it to be about something or to mean something or whatever it's good for press and stuff and um and like things do have link like my songs do have links to things and stuff but in general like I just I just do if that makes sense so there's not really much I'm not thinking as much about like oh this I wrote this song about you know someone I broke up with in 2009 like I was like if <laughs> I don't think like that like it just it just is what it is um so like I guess it's the first time they've had something where I because when normally when they ask me they're like can you tell us more about the songs I'm like I just wrote it. I just wrote it. <laughs> and they're like, anything interesting to tell us about it? I'm like, uh, you know, I used a new synth. <laughs> no one wants to hear about that. I, if you ever look at people's press release, or anything, there'll be a link like, I wrote this about, I don't know, like they'll be like, I wrote this about um, female expression, or I wrote this about this and this. And it's like, and I, not that it's a negative thing like I know that some people might be doing that but sometimes I think it's a bit contrived and like a little bit forced and I just can't I can't force like those kind of stories if that makes sense like yeah I just said so if it if it has a story like sister had a story then I said it but it's like if it doesn't have a story I'm not going to force the story you know like but the stuff on the EP like they all have links to things and they do have stories but they're not always like in the way that people, I guess, people want to hear, you know, they want to hear like it linked to like a direct event or emotion. you collaborated with Gabriella Aplin how did that come about um so I guess it was like a year ago I can't remember when it exactly was it's probably about a year ago um I did a I was invited to a Spotify like electronic music writing camp thing it was like the first time first time they'd done it for electronic artists um I just went down just to see what it was about really I'm not 
I've never really been to a writing camp and I'm not um, usually one for like engineered situations. I like things to like happen with people that I meet, then we just vibe and then maybe something happens rather than like um, being put in a room with writers, you know, and saying, oh, make a song. Um, but it was like an interesting experience because the first night, the first day I was there, I was in a room of six men and um, that was a bit of, that was a bit weird. Everyone was really nice, but it's just a little bit of a weird dynamic being the only female in the room and being like a producer as well with other male producers. And um, so I kind of like went shy and just kind of disappeared into the background of everybody. And then the second day I was put in the room with uh, Gabrielle and another guy called Woody. And um, but we just got on really like really well straight away. We were like in like this back room where like we were probably forgotten about, and um, we just everyone was super chill. We just tried out a few ideas, and the song just happened like so easily. Like we didn't even like we were just taking our time. We stopped for lunch, like just chatting, like so much talking. Like this wrote a little bit, wrote another bit, and then um, it had a completely different instrumental on it, so it didn't have um the instrumental that's got now um so then after we done that we had this we had like the vocal and this instrumental but and then we left it and i like everyone took it home but no one did anything with it and then in lockdown i'd started the instrumental for um change and as i was going along i was like this could do with like a vocal or something and i just fished around i was like oh what about that vocal from like a year ago and I put it on and it just happened to be in the same key and it just happened to like fit over the song and then I just moved things around and changed the arrangement and then voila, I had a song. <laughs> <laughs> nice, you make it sound very easy. <laughs> uh, well, that one actually happened quite quickly and easily. That Like it was a very easy song to write because the vocal was so good and then I had an interesting instrumental and they just, it just so happened they went together so well and then... Um, yeah, so it was, I mean, it wasn't like easy, easy, but it was easy compared to like some songs that I've written. Yeah, how do you, where do you, when you don't want to write songs, I'm guessing you must be, you must be contracted to it, right? So like contracted to a certain amount of, I'm literally making this up, so please correct me if I'm <laughs> wrong, but you must be contracted to like a certain amount of EPs or whatever ever through your label. Is that right? And then if you don't want to write or you don't feel like writing, then how do you make yourself write? So I have yeah my deal well my deal record deal is actually three albums so um the EPs I'm releasing on on in my deal they're just I just did they're just like extra things um but the so I haven't actually started my commitments to my what I'm contracted as you said to you are contracted but it's like the way like it works is that you're kind of um you deliver like an album um. And then you're, I'm like, I'm, I'm committed to delivering my first album. And then the decision about the second album is kind of up to, mainly up to the label, whether they want to go, like, go on further for the other two albums or whatever. Um, but so, but they're very relaxed because, you know, being with a, a independent label, you know, even though they're a big independent label, they're, they're super chill and give you, like, the freedom to kind of, um, pick and choose what you're going to do and where you're going to go. They're very much leaving you to make the decision. So um, if I don't want to write, 
you know obviously there's a limit on how <laughs> how long they would wait for the album or they would be annoyed you know if it was a long period they might be like uh see you later that's not gonna work but um uh, uh, like but in terms of like if i'm like oh i can't write anything right now i need to you know push it back or push it whatever they're very like you know they want me to be comfortable and you know it's a 50 50 deal and stuff so we're in it's more like a partnership rather than like than like most like major labels so we work together on the releases and you know uh, when they're going to come out and what we both we think is appropriate and like what the next step is so right now i'm doing the i'm starting the album um hoping for like a next year release but obviously if some things didn't work out or i didn't like what i'd written or whatever i don't they're not going to like force me to do anything do you know what i mean they would be supporting me to make sure that i did the best music and i was happy with it <laughs> when it comes to like release dates and stuff especially at the moment it's all a bit like up in the air because it's a uh, your music can be listened to at home but maybe it would make more sense if you would able to go out and tour with it and like have a band and stand on a stage and like you know play it to people rather than or make it in front of people rather than it just be at home yeah i mean that's what you would normally do with an album with an album where you would want a tour built around the album release so that's why we wouldn't have done one this year um and like we did the ep instead uh and when we're thinking about next year, you know, we're hoping that live will be back and that by the time we do the album that they'll be able to do a tour, off, you know, off the back of it and it would all fit in nicely together. But um, but that that's why also why there's like not as much pressure in terms of like delivering because we're still all really unsure about, um, you know, what's going to happen with live. And I think if we put out an album and then you couldn't do live, not saying it wouldn't, you know, be able to get love, but it wouldn't get as much or get you know there wouldn't be as much support as you normally would get with with a tour you know there's just you, there's like something missing isn't there like live streams and stuff it's just it's not the same you can be a thousand people on like a screen on your instagram who are watching your, your live but it's like you can't see them so you don't get that feedback so not what's the point but like what's the point yeah <laughs> I feel about it a little bit um so yeah to release a whole album that you like you literally put so much work into to then not be able to perform it in real life to people like a yeah that must be it would be a weird concept <laughs> yeah it'd be a bit of a bummer to be honest so but we're hoping there's planned there's things in the diary and there's things planned and um you know so it's not it's not all doom and gloom at the moment, but we just don't know, do we? It's really, that's what the most annoying thing about this and this year is like, no one knows, like there's no, you can't make future plans because no one knows what's going to happen. And um, and I think that's also why it's what's quite depressing, you know, like, and uh, that puts a downer on things. But I try, I try my best to just think, you know, to focus on writing and just trying to like, not stress too much about it. Um, but yeah, it's quite hard. <laughs> I used to wake up thinking about you. I couldn't get you out of my head. Um, I'm changing on different. Do you know this? But you know this? Mm -hmm. 
as well. Did you learn to DJ before you started songwriting? Yeah, yeah. I DJed probably for about two years before I started writing music or or maybe a year before I started writing music. I can't remember. Um, and then, but I started DJing when I was 20, 20, 21. So now I'm like nearly 29. So, <laughs> um, so I've been DJing for like eight years, I think. Eight years, bloody, 21, bloody hell. It feels like way longer than what I actually remember. I feel like that's too long. I don't remember that. It literally flies by. Um, how did you start? So I dropped out of university um, and I always wanted to be, I always wanted to DJ. Um, but when when I was younger, my mum wouldn't buy me decks when I asked her because my brother used to DJ. But Yeah, I read that she, that she bought your brother decks, but not you. Because he sold, he sold, he sold them, sold them, and like he just, he just didn't set a good example for like. So then she just disheartened and didn't want to spend the money on it, so she wouldn't buy it for me. Um, so then, when I, um, so when I, yeah, dropped out of university, I was a bit like, what do I do now? I'm not really sure what's happening. And my boyfriend was like, oh, you should. Um, you should DJ, you should try DJ. He's like, you know, DJ equipment is like a lot cheaper now than it used to be. And um, because I didn't really, because since I was like, I asked for it, I hadn't really looked into it. Like kind of just let that idea go over the years. And then, um, but then I realized they had all like DJ controllers and all this stuff that, you know, you could get a DJ controller for like a hundred quid. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that until then. And I was like, whoa, like this stuff's like, you know it's it's a lot more affordable now so then I got some DJ lessons with um Melody Kane who's a DJ um and then I bought a controller to practice and then just from there really I just started and then I started blagging gigs really and then I um then I because I needed work like because I needed to pay the bills basically I started to I bought all like DJ setup and stuff I bought all um lights and stuff and I just worked as a mobile DJ for about three four years like I was doing like anything from people's weddings to birthday parties I did hate doing it in the end but I didn't hate all of it um and I learned a lot from how to like read a crowd like to understand what people like and what gets people going and um I DJed multi you know um open format like so multi-genre um so I spent years DJing from like funk to hip hop to dance music or whatever, or pop music. Um, so I learned a lot in that respect and I knew a lot of songs in, by the end of it. And I had a library of like 50,000 songs. Um, yeah, <laughs> so cause from every decade and like era, cause obviously, you know, you get, you have things from 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, current and whatever. Um, and so I used to get, it was a bit stressful managing the library and the music and just like my computer was always full. But um, after, so I was quite glad to get, and then I started doing rest, then I got into like rest, not restaurants, but bar gigs, just doing like bar stuff, which I hate it because, you know, for some reason they wanted you to wear like dresses and heels and do all that nonsense. And I was like, you know, if I was a male DJ, you wouldn't be telling them to put on a dress, would you? Like, why can't I just wear trousers like everyone else um but so I hated that and I would DJ for like seven hours for like 70 quid or something like that and then um and then when well 
what did I do after that? Oh, then I ended up doing like loads of corporate stuff, which I didn't mind them much. They usually paid well. Um, well, that's it, right? So corporate isn't that exciting. They pay well, but... yeah. They, and they usually less hours and stuff. So I got into like a good agencies and stuff like that. And I started doing that. And I didn't have to bring gear then because before I spent years logging around gear and then I got rid of all of that. And then um, I ended up DJing like things like the Women's FA Cup in Wem- Wembley Stadium and stuff like that, which was quite cool. Um, all of the, all while like write, learning to write music, produce music and like studying stuff and then um and like trying to get like club gigs and stuff but it's very hard to like when you do dance music it's really hard to get in with people they're not as like open for new people and it was a lot easier to get gigs doing like hip-hop nights and stuff in london than it is to get gigs like like as an unknown dj in like the dance world um so yeah like that was kind of just how like the beginning of like the dj stuff do you find that as soon as you started producing music, you were then being booked because people were finding the music that you made and, yeah, booking you off the back of that to then DJ? Um, so when I came to, like, making music and getting, like, better gigs and stuff, um, really when I, when I put out my first EP, from the back of that, I met my manager. Um, so, and he was well-connected and stuff. So when I put out, I put out Sacred, which was my, like after my first EP. Um, and then that did quite well, considering like I was an unknown person and it got on Bonobo's compilation. And then from that, I got asked to do the Fabric gig for the launch of the Fabric compilation that Bonobo did. Um, so that was like my first, not my first club gig, but my first proper gig, I would say, like as in like, as an artist, you know, and I'd already, so then I'd already, my manager had already got me a booking agent as well. I'd already met with somebody. Um, so then from that, my booking agent got me loads of gigs. And I guess through the music and through pitching me as an artist. So it was a lot easier to get gigs as a someone that writes music than just a straight DJ for some reason. Like, I guess there's, I guess there's loads of people DJing, whereas there's not as many people that write music and DJ. Um also, especially not female producers, I think it's like 2%. When someone learns to DJ, um, learning to produce is like a lot harder. So it's a lot harder for uh, someone if they want to decide to move from a DJ and to do production. It takes like 10 times longer than it does to learn to DJ. So like, uh, I, I think that's probably why there'll be a lot more DJs that don't produce than there are that do you know um especially as a female I guess also a lot of women aren't don't feel like they can do these things or try these things and and I guess getting past the first um sort of like shit tracks you make and the fumbles was really hard because it's really disheartening like in the beginning and I still find it disheartening I still you still like sitting and you're like oh I don't know what the fuck I'm doing this doesn't work and um, um you know and you just feel like an absolute numpty trying to when you're trying to make stuff but I think if you can push persevere through like being rubbish you'll eventually be good that's the most like important thing I'd say because you will if when you learn to write music or produce music you will be shit like in in the beginning it's like you will sound shit (laughs) Like, like, like I sounded shit everyone sounds shit when they first start like clicking things in and trying to learn things it's like it, it will sound bad 
<laughs> just so you know you, you will sound shit <laughs> but when you first started producing where did you start making music do you use logic to do it or no i use ableton i, I when i first started i tried logic but um i didn't couldn't get on with it at all like i just it just didn't make any sense to me and when i got to ableton um it just clicked because it's so much more user-friendly things are in places that make sense it just flowed better um it's a better workflow for me so ableton actually i like really helped me learn music really because if i tried to carry on logic i probably would have just given up um because yeah it's just so clumsy how many songs do you reckon it took you to make a good song so how many shit songs did you have to make before you were like this is this is something i'm actually going to put out probably like i don't know to be honest i wouldn't know but a lot a lot of shit i do and you know what i learned the best way to learn was trying to remake other people's songs like you'll get the most knowledge from listening and like copying because i there's a jazz musician that was saying it i think he said it was like you uh imitate or emulate and then innovate so it's like you like copy you copy somebody and then you go wait a minute i wonder if it, what this would have sounded like if they'd went this way or if they'd done it like this and then it starts to change and then it's all, so then you almost then you make something completely new off of trying to sound or copy somebody else and um and then in doing that you also learn things like song structures and like all the parts it takes to make a whole song because you're actually properly listening to like what's in the song instead of just like passively listening to music and um i found that was the easiest way to start making so my first track i actually made that sounded I didn't put it out but it sounded good was when I copied a Bonobo song I just like tried to remake it it didn't sound exactly the same but it was like had all the parts and like or whatever and um and it was the first time it sounded like a song <laughs> when did you first come across Bonobo because I think Bonobo inspires well first when you first started inspired your work right? yeah that's what I've read um I'm not sure exactly when I came across him but um he I went to a gig I don't know what date it was I went to a gig with um someone someone I used to hang out with they, they introduced me to to his music and they they were friends with him so they invited me to a gig and it was in Hack, Hackney somewhere can't remember where it was like quite a small gig actually to be fair like doing a live set and um so it was a, he had a band um and I just I'd like been listening to it with my friend and I just fell in love with it really just like how emotive his music was like I was like super connected to it and I'd uh been going out a lot there that period of time as well so like it just everything just fell, in place, fell into place with it but we went out to see the gig and um so song, I always say it wrong, Cirrus, Cirrus? I think that's how you say it, Cirrus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Cirrus, yeah. Um, so that song came on and me and my friend were just like, the lights were like all purple, we were just having like the best time and it was just like, this is like the sickest music I've ever heard. And then from that point, I just went to like, I've been to see him like four times I've been to his DJ sets and then and I kind of just like when I got back from traveling in a few years back I guess just before I put out my first EP I went to see him at Brixton um 
and I'd been like thinking about like what I was going to do with the music and like whether I was going to put stuff out and then just going to that gig kind of affirmed things in my head that this is exactly what I want to do and like I want a live band and I want to do music that makes people feel like you know that type of way and um and that kind of yeah that like clarified things in my head and then that's when I kind of was like I'm gonna write I'm gonna go and do an EP and we'll do three tracks and uh I'm gonna put them out and I'm gonna put it out myself um which is what I did inspiration from someone who like finally like kicks us up the arse to do something because we connect so much with it but how nice would it have been if it was a female who had done that I don't know I just there just aren't that many females doing the same thing which is like why it's so exciting that you're doing what you're doing like with the music that you're making yeah there wasn't there wasn't many females um but then it would have been nice if it was a female, but I don't think it should matter as much. You know, if you're if you are a woman that wants to learn, like you should you should be able to compare yourself to male, you know, artists and look and copy them or want to be like them. There's no reason why you can't be be bonobo if you want to be bonobo. No, and, um, exactly. No, that's that's so true. I guess it just in the case of like representation, sometimes like you don't really realize it like I didn't realize I could be a DJ until I saw a female DJ and I was like I didn't realize that was an option because I'd been going to nights played by like boys I mean I say <laughs> boys because I was at uni but like boys yeah. and by boys and like nothing there just weren't in like the house scene when I first started going out in London and like god this really shows I mean with a same <laughs> we're not old we're fine like back in like 2011 no but oh, t- like 10 years ago mm. so like 2010 there weren't that many women in house and not that I like saw playing in London like ever it wasn't until I went to a, like a fashion really? event that I saw a female wow, DJ yeah. no I yeah and and like I was going to like not like the right places but like I was going to like Bussy or like Corsica or like the places where house music was mm. it was a lot of fun like when I was at uni and like yeah where like really great people were playing who have like really come up in mm. the industry but they were all men yeah yeah I guess now I think the landscape is kind of changing and you see a lot more female DJs but yeah I get in the beginning that's one probably one of the reasons why it's one of the reasons why I definitely would never thought about it after I tried to DJ like get my mum to buy me DJ equipment so I just never saw anyone do it and it never like clicked in my head and then uh and the same with production like I'm probably would have tried that earlier in my life if I hadn't seen 
female producers and writers. I knew that was an option, but it's almost like if you don't see it, you don't even see it as an option because you think there's no one doing it. Um, so like, I think representation is like super, super important in that way. Um, and I'm glad to see like that things are changing and like, you know, people like you as well, you know, you're DJing and you've seen, you saw a female DJ and now you're doing it and then someone's going to see you and then hopefully go, oh, I can do that and then start DJing and then, you know, and, and, and to be fair, like, it's, <laughs> I found so far that all the male DJs and the artists and that I've been around have been super welcoming and, like, no one's treated me any differently. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but no one's, like, made me feel like I shouldn't be there, you know. And um, and I've had – and I have a lot of male producers emailing me and, you know, that are, that are looking up to me, which is even more interesting. So now I have men looking up to me in the same way I looked up to a male producer. So it's almost like now I feel like there's a potential for all the lines just to be blurred and that not to be a male and female thing, just to be, you know, a producer or a writer and it doesn't matter, you know? And that... Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I don't want to be a person who's like, oh, a female producer or a female DJ. It's just a case when it's like, when there are only 2% mm. of producers who are women. You know, but I don't, yeah, but it's I don't know many. like why that is. Um, I'm still not 100% sold on why that, why, because, um, why? Yeah, no, literally because I, no, no idea. But I, yeah, we've got, we've got so many like collectives of women now as well, especially like DJ wise who are, like coming together and throwing like really sick nights and doing such good things that like they are really paving the way yeah. for women to come into the industry and do amazing things that maybe weren't so easy to do yeah of course and I think yeah the more you the, the more people see it the more you'll get new people inspired to do it and um but I'm not I, I'm really at, when I got here in terms of like producing and I I guess I arrived on the scene and you know when I meet other people and stuff I still I'm not 100% sure why more more women aren't doing it or trying to do it because um I've not been on um, you know I've been welcomed in doing so you know like I've not it's not been no one's tried to put me off or anything like that over the years so in fact I've been encouraged particularly by other male producers and stuff that you know, and I know there are some patronising ones out there and ones that will probably say something or be annoying or whatever. But so far, like, I've managed to meet the good ones and they've all been nothing but, like, willing to show you, help you, encourage you, you know. So I think more if anyone, you know, hears this podcast and wants to be a producer and they're female, they should just just give it a go. Like, there's nothing holding you back. There's nothing in your way. Don't 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 like put hurdles in the way you know because there isn't you just just do it <laughs> yeah exactly I was going to ask you like what's your advice for anyone but I feel like you've covered it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no like, hurdles just do it no there is, I'm sure there is hurdles for some people but it's like you know where it's like you won't um you have to try first <laughs> you know you have to literally like um you have to try and then and people, you know, and see how people react. And I think you'll be surprised, plenty surprised how, how welcoming and how open people are to helping you. Um, and and I think in, in some ways for me, like, 
I don't like to say it, but being female has actually worked in my advantage, you know. Um, You're not the first person to say that to me. That's like, that for, definitely like for sure. Like it is, a, sometimes people hire for gender because we have things, obviously like with International Women's Day, we have specific events where it's going to be only female DJs and stuff. And then to try and like fit diversity quotas. Mm which I hate is still a thing. If we could just get to that bit where it's not still a thing anymore and no one's trying to fill a quota. Yeah. But, but while we can use it to our advantage, why not? No, no, there's nothing wrong with it. And I, there's definitely nothing because you need those things because otherwise you you wouldn't necessarily get women being highlighted, you know. Um, so those events are important. Um, but I just think like in terms of being an artist, that female producer, like, like one of the things I think that sold me to people is that I don't know if I would have necessarily initially got as much interest if I'd have been a guy I'm not sure <laughs> you know I would have still got interest I think but it's just like it added and especially obviously I you know I'm a person of color as well and the music that I was into and making is full of 40 year old white men so so I stood out compared to everybody else you know um so like in that way it's worked to my advantage and um but back to your thing about advice I would just say apart from just doing it and like just put yourself out there I think is is to practice actual music theory to look into uh piano playing and playing an instrument and learning like you know chords and stuff like that because it will really really make a difference in your music and your writing Nice. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. <laughs> um, so you've had plays on Radio One recently, and then you had your campaign with Spotify. So, what is your what are your next plans? Like, have you got anything else big that's coming up? Um, my EP drops in November the thirteenth, so there's two more songs on that. Um, and what else I've got? And then I'm not really sure to be honest. There will probably be a few things, but there's nothing like made a plan until like the beginning of next year I think um there's some things in the pipe work that I'm not allowed to say yet but I think I yeah so the EP is the main thing coming up next which um, I'm looking forward to people hearing because there's two different even more different tracks on there for people um it's quite a diverse EP um and then it's just the album isn't it really I just got buckled down and try and write some stuff uh, at the moment I'm a bit like oh can't <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Hopefully lockdown doesn't um, ease too soon then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, I don't mind really. To honest with you, I just, I, I'm just winging it really through, through this whole music thing in life. I'm just <laughs> hoping for the best. <laughs> I, it's funny, like with, I've spoken to quite a lot of women now who have said the same thing and it's like, I mean, you are, but you really aren't because you're like, you know. But then also, I think people just like fall into things yeah, that actually when they're supposed to be doing them. Yeah. So that's, yeah, how it works. Yeah, you're right. I... Yeah. And so, well, thank you so much. No, thanks for chatting to me. It's nice to meet you, even if it's virtually. 